Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading 1 John chapter 5 from the World English Bible. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. Whoever loves the Father also loves the child who is born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is loving God, that we keep his commandments. His commandments are not grievous, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, your faith. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not with the water only, but with the water and the blood. It is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three who testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and the three agree as one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is God's testimony, which he has testified concerning his Son. He who believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. He who doesn't believe God has made him a liar, because he has not believed in the testimony that God has given concerning his Son. The testimony is this, that God gave to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has the life. He who doesn't have God's Son doesn't have the life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. This is the boldness which we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he listens to us. And if we know that he listens to us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions which we have asked of him. If anyone sees his brother sinning, a sin not leading to death, He shall ask, and God will give him life for those who sin, not leading to death. There is a sin leading to death. I don't say that he should make a request concerning this. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not leading to death. We know that whoever is born of God doesn't sin, but he who was born of God keeps himself, and the evil one doesn't touch him. We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. We know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we know him who is true, and we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. That is the end of chapter 5 and the end of this first letter from John. In these final paragraphs of this letter, John continues to emphasize that Jesus is both the Christ and the Son of God. I think there is a tendency for some people in our day and age to get dull to the meaning of Jesus Christ. It is a definitive title declaring that Jesus is fulfilling prophecy and is anointed for this very particular role, the incarnation of God among us. 
So to recognize Jesus as Christ is exponentially beyond recognizing that Jesus lived as a person. To believe this in conjunction with believing he is the Son of God, the uniquely and miraculously born for this purpose, to believe that in conjunction with Jesus being the Christ is to have life and that life eternally. I talked about loving God being shown by keeping his commandments when discussing other chapters, so I'm not going to get into that here. Going on to verse 4, John repeats that being born of God, Jesus overcomes the world. No doubt, no impending struggle to get victory, just patience until he fully claims it. And with our faith, we who believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God have overcome, not will overcome. We have, we do overcome. Verses 6 through 8 bring up why we can believe, but using descriptors that are not fully developed in this letter, so we have to look to how these things are expounded on elsewhere in the Bible. I was thinking that water probably had to do with baptism, and blood obviously refers to Jesus' death, but I did some more research and found a very good article by Charles Hendrickson on SteadfastLutherans.org that I will, of course, link to and helps in this discussion. Regarding water and baptism, look at the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Here we have John the baptizer baptizing Jesus and the voice and the dove-like representation of the Spirit. So the whole event of Jesus being baptized was a testimony of who he is. The blood speaks of Jesus' whole death on the cross, which not only fulfilled many prophecies, but was also surrounded by signs, earthquakes, dark in the middle of the day, not to mention his resurrection. The blood makes us recall all of these things that are a testimony to who he is. Then there is the Spirit. While we know that each of us get the Spirit when we believe, 1 John chapter 3 Verse 24 of this letter mentions that, and then Romans 8, 9 through 11 talks about it dwelling in us. We also have the event of the unveiling of the Holy Spirit as given to believers on that Pentecost after the resurrection. So there are three outstanding events, not even including all the miracles and teaching of Jesus Christ, three outstanding declarations of God as an eyewitness claiming who Jesus was, who he is. You can't separate believing in the Father from believing in the Son, for God has declared them inseparable to the point that the only way to get the life of God is through the Son. But once you have that, wow, His Spirit teaches us. John reminded us of that in chapter 2, verse 27 of this letter. His Spirit teaches us God's will, how to live out His commandments. And we get a particular encouragement to pray according to God's will, which would be according to his love and truth as we grow in it, as his children. We can boldly approach him knowing that he hears us when we ask according to his ways. This bit about a sin that leads to death is confusing, especially when it is referring to a brother in Christ. Apparently, a brother can still do something that requires death. The context does not seem to clearly spiritualize death here, but to be talking about physical death. But it is also obscure, like when Jesus talks about the sin that can't be forgiven in Matthew 12, verses 31 through 32. 
I've heard it said that if you don't know what it is, you haven't done it. And maybe the same thing applies here in the letter of John. In verse 18, we again have that usage of doesn't sin in terms of a person born of God doesn't seek or practice sin, which is tied to the statement that the evil one can't touch those born of God. He may be able to pester us, but he can't have power over us. The world, on the other hand, is currently under his power until Jesus Christ claims full victory over the earth because he's right now being patient until more people choose him. And since we know and love this one and only true God, stay away from idols. They're pointless. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey. 